The Superpower Mamas channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to join the superpower universe and unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpower Mamas, reclaiming the sacred journey of motherhood with Tatiana Berende. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Superpower Mamas podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and my guest today is Maria Rieger. We're going to be discussing how astrology can help you be a better parent. So I'm excited for this topic. I've been uh, playing with astrology ever since I was 18, and my mother got me an astrology reading for my birthday, and it totally changed my life. So let me tell you a little bit about Maria before we dive into this conversation today. Maria Rieger is based in the Washington, D.C. area. She's a banking corporate attorney by day, but please don't hold that against her, and an author and practicing astrologer by night. Maria is a Gemini whose head has always been in the clouds. From a young age, she was scolded for not paying attention. When she was bored, she would make up stories in her head, and she's been writing since she was about 13 years old. A rocky childhood, including the death of a parent, led Maria to consider how to be a better parent in a crazy world. In short, more laughs and positive connections and less dictating and criticizing. Parents should parent with the child's particular needs in mind rather than the parent's ego needs. An irreverent Gen Xer, in addition to parenting and astrology books, Maria writes gritty contemporary romance and romantic suspense with plenty of sarcasm. That sounds like fun too. Well, welcome to the show, Maria. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Thank you, Tatiana. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, will you please share with our listeners what your superpowers are in this realm of parenting and astrology and the intersection of the two? Sure. So I would say that it's my tendency to use astrology specifically the study of the individuals, the child's, in this case, birth chart and the parent's birth chart to better understand our children and that they are their own separate entities, sovereign beings with different needs, wants, preferences, and the parents. And I kind of use that information with positive uh, parenting, gentle parenting techniques to improve our parenting, have stronger relationships with our kids, for overall more peaceful households. My job is all about making the parents and child's life uh, easier and less stressful. Hmm, I love that. And what are, what are some of <clears throat> some gems that you've seen come out of this work? Sure. Well, it's hard to kind of step back sometimes and get the thousand foot view when we're mired in the day to day of parenting. I've been guilty of that too. So it's kind of, what I try to do is kind of get parents to detach, take a step back and really consider their children and how their children may be different from them. I know in the past, kind of I've projected some of my own emotional needs onto my son. And then I realized when I looked at his birth chart, I realized, oh, of course, he has this need to be around people more than I do. And I can see that in the birth chart, right? And so the birth chart will give you a lot of information such as how um, you know people meet their emotional needs, recharge their energy, kind of their overall view of the world, kind of how they see the world, learning styles, how they may be- behave in relationships. 
And while I don't use it as kind of a, this is how your child definitely will be because you can't discount free will and chaos theory and all those things. It's a good jumping off point to kind of understand your kids and kind of the main energy they project. Because I think that we all have this energy about us. You hear people say, well, my energy didn't vibe with this person. That's true. Like we all kind of output this energy and that's what kind of the birth chart will show you what type of energy this person has about them and kind of what kind of energy they're projecting into the world and with other people. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so we're going to we're going to dive a little deeper into that um after the break. Before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and get your books and all the rest? Absolutely. I have a YouTube channel called Positive Parenting with Astrology. And um, I have written books on Scorpio and Gemini children. As you said, I'm a Gemini and my son is a Scorpio. Those are things I, <laughs> I have a lot of information about. And those are available on Amazon if you search uh, my name, Maria Rieger. Beautiful. Um, so we're talking with Maria Rieger today about how astrology can help you be a better parent. And if you are a parent listening to this and you are looking for a community of people who are parenting in a more conscious way and a more high vibrational way, and you have not yet come and checked out our community over at Superpower Experts, please, please, please do so. We have a free monthly community call that you can come and explore. Um, and there's also just a lot of juicy offerings that we have within our membership. Um, you get discounts on all of our programs and classes as a member. There's a lot of really good stuff happening in there. And it's just can be such a solace to know that there's a place to go where people are having these kinds of conversations on the regular. They are operating this way. It's a place where you can come to connect with our hosts. I have my offerings through the membership. So um, yeah, please come and check us out. It's over at superpowerexperts.com. You can go and under the get together tab and you'll find our community page right there. So we will be right back. We're going to go to a quick break again, talking with Maria Rieger about how astrology can help you be a better parent. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the superpower network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. All right. So, Maria, tell us, you know, how how you went from being a, a lawyer to to coming into astrology. I always find people's trajectories to be very fascinating and and telling. Sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird uh, dynamic. So um, I'm a very logical person. Gemini's usually are. We approach the world more from a place of logic and rationality, kind of more so than emotion and intuition. So that's kind of the uh, <clears throat> kind of how I um, my first line reaction to things. So I got into astrology when I was very young, kind of just reading books the traditional you know, classic Linda Goodman sun signs and things. And I thought it was all always, I thought it was very interesting, but I never took it really seriously. And then the older I got, <clears throat> the older I got, I noticed these patterns, kind of energy patterns and patterns of dynamics, the way people behaved when they had similar, either similar sun signs or similar energy expressed in their chart. 
And I eventually came to the conclusion that there is some value to this and some truth to looking at the birth chart and using astrology to understand ourselves and understand other people. And that even if we don't necessarily know exactly why something works like it does, that does not necessarily mean that it does not have value. So I think Mm. kind of the way I consider astrology and the birth chart is one more kind of tool in your arsenal of self-knowledge or my case in positive parenting, along with psychotherapy, self-help, you know, MBTI, uh, any other kind of methods of self-understanding, it's kind of one more thing you could use, right? Certainly not the only thing. Yeah, totally. And I think that it's a, it's, um, it can be an amazing tool of self-discovery and, um, and clarification. And like any tool, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about this before coming on to the recording. I think we can also get into a crystallization with it that sort of boxes people in or you know i've i've seen a lot of people when they first start getting into astrology they start to like stereotype everybody around them based yes. on their sun sign and i think and so i would love to hear you talk a little bit about um because there's 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 a lot of complexity to a chart right and, yes. and i know a lot of people disc- discredit astrology because mm-hmm. they're like well I'm a cancer, but nothing that I've ever read about cancer feels right. accurate for me. And it's because really their ascendant um, is much stronger in their chart, or they have all these planets in a certain sign that really makes them more um, more drawn to the energetics of that sign than their sun sign. Can you can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that and just bring shed some light on that dynamic for us? Absolutely, it's that's a very good thing to point out. So. It's easy to get lost in the weeds in a birth chart. You can even look, you know, to asteroids and all these things. So I really try to focus on kind of the big picture items. So sun sign is everybody obviously knows their sun sign. If you know the date you were born, you know your sun sign. But that's kind of kind of how the lens through which you see the world and how you approach the world. But other elements are important too. So the moon, your moon sign will tell you how you subconsciously respond to anything that deals with your emotions, how you behave in relationships, how you behave at home, that kind of thing. The moon may represent the mother or your or your, the father, the person that was responsible for your emotional support when you were a child. So your and your rising sign will tell you kind of how you automatically project yourself to the outside world, but it's different from the sun sign because the sun sign is kind of the filter through which you see everything else in the chart is expressed. But the the rising sign is kind of how you automatically project yourself to the outside world, but it certainly does not explain all of your intrinsic characteristics. And then you have the other planets. So those planets closest to the earth, Mercury, Mars, Venus have the most impact on your personality. So Venus is how you kind of behave in one-to-one relationships, how you deal with the give and take acquired and kind of mutually respectful relationships. Mars is kind of more of a masculine energy planet, more um, has to deal with how you pursue goals. And then Mercury is all about communication. That's the planet that rules Gemini. So that's our communication style, kind of how you communicate whether you communicate more from a place of logic or emotion and intuition. And the planets kind of to give kind of a broad overview, the planets are the energies and the signs of the planets. This is 
the signs um, the planets were in at the moment of your birth, the chart holder's birth, the signs are how the chart holder particularly expresses the energies of those planets. And then each planet is in uh, a house, right? You have 12 houses, 12 signs. And the houses kind of explain fields of experience in your in your life. So the more planets you have in a house at the moment of your birth, the more heavily emphasized those areas or fields of experience in your life will be. So if you have a lot of planets in the seventh house, which is a house of one-on-one relationships, you're going to be a person who is probably always in a relationship or seeking to be in a relationship. Relationships are an integral part of your life, not just romantic relationships, also could be family relationships, but it's by and large one-on-one relationships. If you have a lot of planets in the 11th house, like my son does, that's the house associated with Aquarius. So it's a house of kind of community, um, uh, social, social groups, friends, that kind of thing. So you're going to want to have a strong social network that's going to be important to you. Being part of a community is being important, going to be important to you. Being around other people is going to be important to you, that kind of thing. So yeah, it and definitely if you have your sun or your moon in in a house, though that's going to be more more important because the sun and moon are more are so important to the the chart holder as far as how we express those energies. Mm. I love how um, clearly and concisely you, you explained all of that. I'm like, ah, here's the lawyer part coming through. Um, and I, um, I've also heard, you know, because sometimes I know people can get kind of wrapped up in that, like, if there's an empty house. And I've, yeah. the, I've one way that I've heard it described that that really um, worked for me um, was that the, you know, the, the houses that where we have the focus of the planets in is like where our work in this time around like our soul's work is in this lifetime and and the empty houses it's like we've kind of come in with that information solid in ourselves already so it's not a place that we really need to do a lot of work in this particular lifetime um i have found that to be a really um interesting and useful way to look at that at times um, so, so then when you're, when you're looking at this, this map, how then do we, do we bring this into an understanding of our children and ourselves in relationship to the children, right? Because we have charts too. We have our own right. maps and talk to us a little bit about that. Exactly. So you can do, um, what's called a sinistry chart where you essentially, and there are online tools that you can use to do this. So you essentially put one chart on top of the other and you look at the the planets of both people and how they interact. So the angles the planets make to each other will be instructive in kind of how that relationship is affected. So you have angles that are easier and angles that are more challenging where the, the integrating the two energies is just more challenging. I don't want to say it's bad or negative. It just takes more effort. So my son and I have a lot of similarities, obviously, in a lot of ways, he's he's a lot like me. So that takes less effort for me to understand. But um, but uh, to give you an example, like I, I'm very introverted. I like my own company. I, I'd rather be by myself than with other people generally, right? So my son, while he he's introverted, he also prefers doing activities with friends 
than by himself. And like he, he would, he's an only child. So he would game by himself. We're big gamers in my house. And um, he would complain that, oh, I don't have anybody to game with. And I said, well, just game by yourself. Like when I game, I game by myself. Why do you have to game with other people? But I realized I was projecting kind of my own needs onto him just because I like doing things by myself for the most part doesn't mean he does. So the chart will, that, that chart will show you that, for example, that tendency. And if you're looking at your chart and you can see, oh, okay, I'm more of a solitary person, right? I like to be at home by myself, being productive. And this other, you know, your other chart, the other person's chart will show something different. You can kind of begin to understand if you have the tools to interpret that. You can begin to understand the differences and that helps you have a greater understanding of the other person where you're not projecting your own needs onto them. But yeah, the aspects we're talking about is kind of a different thing, like how the planets relate to each other. And those aspects can be either more challenging or kind of easier. And if they're easier, it'll take less effort to kind of integrate those two energies. Mm, yeah, I, I really love how how you're working that. And I can sort of hear all sorts of parents like, okay, I really like, I, I want to know what my children's chart is and, right. mine and how they how they interact. And I mean, there's a lot to this, right? Is there, um, are there some like, beginner places that you recommend people start if they're new to astrology, if they're like, if a lot of what you just said went right over their heads, you know, like right. where can they sort of get started with this? Sure. So there is, I always give this caveat, there's a ton of information on astrology available, like online, and a lot of it is not that great. So you really have to know where to go. Because I get questions from parents all the time that say, oh, my, my child has this particular aspect in their chart, like this planet and this sign or this house, whatever. And I read that means they're going to have a really bad relationship with their mom. Okay, well, let's not take this to self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Let's not worry about that. Um, it's, it's not always the case. And uh, as far as resources, kind of cafeastrology.com is a really good kind of beginner resource. They have a lot of good information on um, on, on energies astrological energies and aspects. As far as books, I love Robert Hands. He's a wonderful, famous astrologer, Sagittarius. His horoscope symbols is really good for beginning to understand the, the planets and the signs and the energies associated with the signs. And then Stephen Arroyo is another astro astrologer. He's a relationship astrologer, and he's written books on relationship astrology and also how to interpret birth charts. Now, he's a trained psychologist, which I find is really interesting. Most of the serious astrologers I know have these kind of hard science backgrounds, and they're very data-driven. Like Robert Hand, Stephen Arroyo have conducted a lot of studies, and they'll uh, refer to this, their studies and the data that they've compiled um, in their books. And then another astrologer who I've interviewed on my YouTube channel, Eugenia Kroc. She's an Aquarius, so also very analytical, data-driven. She's also compiled a lot of data on rising signs. So, so it's interesting that I think a lot of people kind of discount astrology as not serious, but the real serious astrologers I know are use the scientific method as far as collecting data on different planetary aspects. Like there've been a lot of astrologers who've studied long-term marriages, the common aspects in birth charts, 
of the two people in a long-term marriage and things like that. And that data is very interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating because actually, you know, I mentioned before we went to break that when I was 18, my mom got me an astrology reading for my mm-hmm. birthday. And the woman who did my reading, she had been a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. no, a psychologist for like 25 years. And she turned to astrology because she said it explained things that her psychological training couldn't. Interesting. Like there were, there were gaps and there were holes that she kept on falling into with her clients. And when she found astrology, it like filled in all of the holes for her. Oh, well. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do think it, wow. it can, it can be a really, really powerful tool that way. And again, like it can also be really overwhelming because there's so much to it. So say someone is wanting to apply some of these tools, but they're not wanting to spend, you know, 20 hours a week studying astrology to sort of get the the information to understand the full chart. Where would they start? Like, what are some like, what are like the three, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the sun, the moon and, mm-hmm. the, and the ascendant. What, right. How can they use those um, at, in relationship with their child and to just sort of deepen their understanding of the dynamics between them and their children. Right. So it's great to start with those three elements, those three um, planets in the case of the sun and moon and aspect in the case of the rising sign, because those are kind of what most strongly kind of inform the chart. Right. So definitely the thing to start is to identify the sign and house position of of the sun, moon, and then the sign position of the rising sign. So the ascendant or the rising sign is kind of what um, kind of what sign was kind of coming over the horizon out of the dark at the moment of the chart holder's birth that changes very quickly, right? And then the sun and the moon, obviously, the moon is a fast moving body that changes signs every two to two and a half days. So you have to know the day and and the possibly the time if the moon changed signs the day of your birth to figure out the moon sign. So the first thing to do is kind of identify the the sign of those uh, of the sun, moon, and the ascendant, and then look at your child's signs, and then that will tell you how um, compatible on a basic level they are. So when you're looking at at kind of the chart and the signs, the signs that are kind of opposite each other are compatible. So, for example, Taurus, Earth sign, Scorpio. My son is a Scorpio sun is a water sign, those are compatible elements, okay? So right on a basic level, those those elements are compatible. Now that doesn't mean that signs that are not compatible, like if you had a water, you know, water moon and a fire moon, doesn't mean they're not gonna get along. It just means that it takes some extra effort to understand those energies because they're not compatible on a more basic level. So that's kind of the first thing as I tell and people- I wanna, I wanna just pause you for sure. a minute there because I think you said something really important. Um, cause we can, you know, we, we, we like to do this binary thing in our minds of like right or wrong, bad or good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when we see like, oh, there's an opposition, like it means that there's something bad there. And I think you just right. said something that I just want to like pause and expand and highlight, which is it doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that that person does things differently than you. They're wired differently than you are. And so understanding where they come from isn't going to be automatic for you because it's not where you come from. It's, you're going to have to slow down a minute, take a pause 
and say, oh, right, they don't process things the same way that I do. Um, let me, let me remember that. Um, and that they're going to be coming at this from a very different angle than I am. So it just, it just, it just creates an invitation and an opportunity to pause a little bit and try to come at it from a different vantage point than what your automatic go-to response is. That is exactly right. So I'll use myself as an example with my son. I'm a Gemini son and my son has a Scorpio son. Those are not, you know, um, air and water are not supposed to be compatible elements. Now, I have a other Scorpio energy in my chart and my son has a Gemini moon. So we have enough there, right, that we that are that are fairly compatible. But I approach the world, as I said earlier, right, from a place of logic and rationality. Now, Gemini is a masculine energy sign. It's about doing things, it's about logic, it's about being detached, right? Scorpio is a water sign. So what we call the water signs, the earth signs are feminine energy signs. They approach the world more from a place of intuition and feeling, right? They have a lot of, they go by their gut reactions to a lot of things, whereas air signs like Gemini and Aquarius go by the data more so. That's their first line reaction. It's not to say they can't understand feelings. It's just that their first line automatic reaction is to go from, to come from a place of logic. They're more data driven. So Scorpio, it's a sign that feels deeply. And I talk in depth about Scorpio children on my channel because I have a Scorpio child and they can be difficult to understand because they are very private and very secretive. They don't wear their emotions on their sleeves. So he approaches the world more from a place of feeling and intuition. And when he was younger, I he would have a problem and I would solve it for him and I would not understand why he wasn't happy that I solved the problem. And then I realized that what he wanted from me first was comfort and empathy and sometimes he didn't even want me to solve his problem. He just wanted comfort about the problem, or he wanted me to listen to him about the problem. And it took me a while to understand that, but um, but that was a big difference. But I I get it, and I I learned how to do that, how to provide comfort and empathy first. Now that he's older, he's twelve, and he comes to me with some issue, I'll ask him do you want me to get involved or do you need me to do anything? And if he says, no, it's fine, just want you to listen to me, I respect that unless there's some reason why I have to get involved. And I respect that. But that would kind of a huge difference from how the energies of those signs approach the world. And um, yeah, so, and, and Scorpio people need very close attachment and Gemini people like freedom. So, so I learned early on that my son wasn't clingy. It was just that, you know, clingy was thinking about it in too negative of a negative way. He needed more attachment than the average child. And that's fine. That's how he is. And it's my job to provide for those needs. So yeah, to your point, that's exactly right. It just took me a little bit more effort to, to get there because his energy was so different from mine. Yeah. And I, and I love that you did that with him and you do that with him because I think most people don't. It's like we, we right. look at someone who does something differently than we do and we're like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do yep. it my way? Yep. But if they're not built that way or that's that's just not in their design, it's not in their makeup, it's not the energy that is supporting them cosmically, like can we get out of our own like need it to be our way place for a minute and 
and do what needs to be done in order to support the health and well-being of our whole family. I think it's a it's a really powerful teaching here and it's not like I'm sure there you had some work to do to to you know it, Oh yes. It, it wasn't automatic for you to just be like oh right. yes, okay let me like exactly do it this way for you cuz that's not your exactly. makeup, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um and I will say kind of the air signs Gemini, Aquarius and Libra are more detached. So I think they're better able than other people to kind of put themselves in the position of another person. They may not, you know, agree with it, but they're able to kind of detach from themselves, get outside themselves and put themselves in the shoes from other persons. Not to pick on fire signs, but fire signs are not as good. And I love fire signs. My husband is a Sagittarius, but they're, they're just not as good at detaching. Um, It's harder for the, them to put themselves in the shoes of the other person. Fire is an ego-oriented energy, which is fine. You know, I want people to self-champion, right? Stand up for themselves and their needs. That's great. But it at the same time, it's harder for fire people to put themselves in the shoes of other people. Not impossible. It's just harder because it's not their kind of automatic reaction. So I always tell fire sign parents, I'm like, you're going to have to just step back and consider your child's chart and your child's energy and your child's needs. And that it's not, they're not necessarily your needs. And I had, you know, a fire sign mother. It was very much like that. Like, like didn't just didn't understand me, didn't understand my emotional needs, didn't understand my need for solitude, that kind of thing. So I'm, I feel very strongly about that because I didn't get my emotional needs fulfilled as a child because I just was not understood. And my, my parent just really didn't make much of an effort, at least in my mind, to understand my needs. That's fascinating. What about the earth signs? Right. So earth signs, earth's a feminine energy, like um, like uh, water signs. And earth parents are great because they're very grounded and provide a lot of stability and security because earth signs need stability and security both financially and regarding material things, you know, food, clothing, shelter, and they're good at providing that to the children, obviously, because children have those needs for stability, right? So, um, yeah, and they're they're good at um, at uh, kind of listening to the kids and just having fun with the kids, right? So, and they're great at kind of um, they're they're a little bit better at figuring out the kids' needs just because they're less ego oriented than, than kind of fire signs, for example. And they're less all over the place, like air signs, like I'm all over the place. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not always the most consistent parent because sometimes <laughs> and that's just how the nature of air and that's fine. I, I live with that. But earth sign parents are very consistent, which is great for kids. And then earth sign children are too. And earth is also a very reliable energy. So that all that's all great when if the parents has, you know, it has an earth moon or earth sun, or the child has an earth, earth moon, earth sun. So um, I'm like, so wanting to go back into my family's charts. <laughs> oh, right sure, now. No like, problem. I've worked with astrology for so many years. And yet I've never done like an in-depth analysis of my whole family. Sure. It's really making me want to. It can be um, eye-opening. It really can. You're like, oh, like you'll see aspects and you're like, okay, now like, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, one of the things that we talk about over at Superpower Experts a lot is um, the number of relationships that <laughs> that are formed once you introduce new people. So it's like when 
when it's say me and my husband, it, there's the individual myself, the individual my husband, but then there's like the relationship entity, right? And then you add yes. hidden, and it doesn't just make you know three relationships; it makes you know right an exponential number of relationships with every single person that you add into the dynamic, right? Um, and so, so I think understanding some of these fundamental things. Um, can be really powerful. And, and I also just want to, I'm, I'm feeling called to speak out that, you know, when, when you're talking about earth and air and, and fire and water signs, I think um, what would be helpful is like the predominant energy in the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I think I have, and I've seen this a number of times, people just try to like crystallize into, into one, uh, one or another, um, and say like this is this is who I am, and it's mm-hmm. so like because then there's also you get into like the fixed and mutable, and I, right. we're not we're gonna right. go, go there right, right now because it's again yeah. there's so much complexity to this. Right. If you're if you're listening to this and 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 this is really lighting you up, you know I really encourage you to to go and study. And and Maria gave us some some great resources, some great places to start. Um, with those with those book ideas so um so i definitely encourage you to to nurture that fire if it's starting to get activated in you and listening to this one of the things maria before we um hopped into recording you were talking about um encouraging parents to reparent themselves using this information can you can you talk a little bit more about that absolutely so um Many people, myself included, kind of come to study astrology to learn about themselves after having reparented or after having experienced childhood trauma, which is obviously a very, you know, serious topic. And sometimes with the childhood trauma, kind of the child grows up into an adult who doesn't fully understand themselves or their needs because of how they were negatively conditioned by the trauma. And astrology is, as we've said earlier, kind of help you figure out one tool to help you figure out kind of who you are, what you want out of life, how you deal with relationships, how you show up in relationships, and how you communicate, and kind of just what your preferences are, what's important to you, and what you need to have a fulfilling life. So um, one of the things I talk about on my YouTube channel is not only is astrology helpful for parents to improve their parenting, have stronger relationships with their kids, where if the kids feel connected to the parents and loved unconditionally, but it's also a tool for helping the adults reparent themselves after that trauma. And it takes a lot of effort to reparent yourself while you're parenting your kids. So uh, astrology is one more tool that will help you to do that and will help just help you get a you know better grip on yourself understanding yourself better so that you can set your boundaries and have the most fulfilling life possible. That's something I talk about a lot in kind of on my mailing list and my YouTube channel. And it's, I've had people reach out to me who have read my books, who don't even have kids who said, you know, I felt like I was reading a book about myself. I was really validating, right? Or I had people reach out saying, I feel really heard like and understood by kind of your video you posted about reparenting after childhood trauma. And that's extremely validating to me because if you're an adult who's reparenting after childhood trauma and maybe you don't have a relationship with your parents or whatnot, that can be very isolating. Like it's not the cultural norm to not have a relationship with your family. And it's 
to find other people who have had similar experiences and are going through that same kind of healing and reparenting process, it just makes you feel that it shows you that you're not alone and it's incredibly validating to talk about that. So that's, that's one thing that I love about the work that I do is getting, you know, helping people in that way. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I think when we do that reparenting work, it absolutely makes us better parents because I think when we don't do that work, then inevitably we're offloading it onto the kids. Like it's going, yes. work's going to have to get done by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the more heavy lifting we do, the less our kids have to do. Exactly. And we're talking about kind of trauma that's passed on from generation to generation, right? You know, parents who, traumatize their kids were most likely traumatized children themselves, exactly. right? Until somebody steps back, like we were saying before, detaches and says, I just don't want to be like this. And I remember I had a moment when my son was very little where I told myself, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to yell. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be this type of parent. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I was like, even though people were saying different things, I said, I know what kind of parent I want to be. And that's what I'm going to do. And And that, you know, was extremely empowering. Like I have, you know, say and control over my relationship with my kid and I don't have to do what I was taught or how I was conditioned. And like you say, it's, it's, it's breaking generational trauma, which is very challenging, but it is extremely rewarding at the same time. Yeah. And it's what we're here to do right now, folks. Exactly. Exactly. That is is assignment on planet (laughs) earth at the moment. Stop the drama fest. Right. Uh, well, this has been such a delightful conversation. Is there um, anything that you that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure our listeners hear before we sign off today? Um, just that, uh, let's see, just that um, even if, you know, you're new to astrology or coming into astrology, um, you know, not having had any experience with it, it can be very useful. And I would, I would just caution parents to take to heart kind of things they read about specific aspects and just take the whole chart into mind. Right. So don't, don't freak out. Right. Um, If you read something negative about one aspect or, or maybe that, you know, your energy doesn't get along with a child's energy, any energy combination can work. It just may take more of an effort, but any like sign combination, energy combination, it can make for a fulfilling relationship. I don't I don't ascribe to the theory that, oh, this particular combination can never work. You do. Exactly. Because yeah. you cannot discount free will. If you have the wherewithal to make it work and the effort, it, it can work, right? I really appreciate you saying that because that's, you know, I've, I remember a, f- a friend of mine, her mom is an astrologer and, <laughs> you know, she was like, oh, my mom will do your chart for you. And this was, I mean, I had, I've had my chart done like so many times right? <laughs> and, um, and it's always different. I mean, it's sure. not always like the, the, the chart always looks the same, but the interpretation is always slightly different right. you know, right. based on who's reading it. And I remember like, you know, I was like, sure. Cause it was just like something that her mom likes to do for fun. And right. you know, I was like, sure. Why not? And, and I received this, um, like multi-page write-up about like all this, you know, the houses and the aspects and how it was all put together. And like, essentially like the quintessential like message that she came up with was kind of like, it's never going to work out for you. Like you're doomed at every turn. And I was like, 
I was like, what kind of bullshit astrology no, 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 reading it's is not this? Right. Like, how can, like, <laughs> like, how right. can you say that to a person? You know, no. I feel, and, and so I really do want to sort of um, emphasize what you were saying of like, there's a lot of crap out there. Right. And there's a, yeah, there there's is. a lot of um, people. And if, you, if you're a practitioner listening to this, I can think this again, this is just like, we need to be really, really mindful of the mm-hmm. things that we say as truth to our clients. Because yes, even though I know on such a deep fundamental level that like that is not true, I can't even tell you how many times I've I've had a hard moment and immediately that thought or remembering those words comes back in because I'm in that sort of like denser vibration. So it attracts that Mm -hmm. moment back to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that is like, like that went in, even though like, I know it's not true. Um, So I just, I I really appreciate you, you speaking to that and bringing that forward um, because yeah, we can do a lot of damage with some of these concepts too if we if we again, right. like I said, crystallize them too. Right, and you there is a ten, there can be a tendency to be too predictive. Like yes. this will happen, or this is, or you will be married several times. Right. You have to be very careful about that. May or may not be true. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but as you you know you mentioned, if you're using law of attraction principles, you know you attract into your life, what you give your time and attention to. So if you're thinking about this all the time, likely you're going to attract it into your life. So there's, I don't use astrology to too much to be predictive or to predict outcomes because um, number one, you can't discount free will and chaos theory, but also if you're too mired in predicting stuff, you're just not going to live in the moment and in the present. And one thing I always tell parents is, you know, make the present count, have as many positive moments with your kids as possible, be present. When they want to talk to you, want to connect with you, you know, stop what you're doing if you can yeah. and make eye contact with them, listen to them, ask questions. And if you're doing too much predictive work, you're going to miss out on those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to think that you already know and, right. and sometimes create messes that don't need to be be created because yes. you think you already know. I think, you know, I, I like to think about the signs and everything more as like energies that we're working, kind of like what I said earlier about the houses. Right. It's like, this is an energy that I'm working in this particular time. And that can play out in so many different ways. Because I mean, if you think about it, like someone born in the same hospital at the same time, they're going to have the same birth chart, they're right. going to have the same life, the way right. that energy expresses through their life is going to be different. So I really think it's so important when we when we're looking at all this to to come at it from that perspective of this is an energy that I'm working with, that is that is here. Um, but it's not it's not like the fundamental truth and it's not predictive. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Very I, important. I, I appreciate um, you bringing that oh, sure. so much. Maria, this has been so delightful. Um, tell us again where we can go to find your YouTube channel, your books, everything. Sure thing. So my YouTube channel is Positive Parenting with Astrology with Maria Rieger. And my books, uh, Your Scorpio Child and Your Gemini Child, are on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo, either uh, ebook and or print format. Both are available. And um, I also blog at uh, lawschoolheretic.com. 
And uh, my blog addresses kind of my fiction stuff. I have a lot of resources, kind of legal resources for self-published authors. And also I post my astrology content there too, and some newsletters and things like that. I love it. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day to come and be with us today. It's been very, very delightful to speak with you. Thank you, Tatiana, for having me. This has been great. Yeah, absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode. Um, I can't thank you enough for for just being here, for taking this information in and and for for doing the work because it matters. Um, And I just want you to know that the work that you're doing, even just in listening to this, taking in this information, it makes a difference. Um, And so, of course, we hope that you take this information and you then go out and apply it to your life. If you know someone, um, as you were listening, that you thought of, oh, my God, I bet they would love this. Please share it with them. And until next time, reclaim your parenting journey as a sacred one for yourself, for your children, and for the world. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.